All right, here I am coming at you from a snow day, an official snow day. I didn't think anything was going to stop me from working around the clock, um, but we've had snow actually since Christmas. So we had a white Christmas. It started to snow on Christmas Day. It was supposed to, they said it was, I didn't believe it, and boom, there it came. And then it became excru- like excruciatingly cold. And our pipes froze, and I was really worried they would explode. It looked to me like our neighbors had a fire that night as well. Um, I'm not sure what happened, but it was very sad and scary. And um, yeah, it was just a crazy, all sorts of things going on. But um, so we just, we, our pipes weren't working for, I don't know, almost a week, I guess. Some of them were, some of them weren't. So we did have only hot water, believe it or not. It was kind of wild. And and then, you know, Christmas came. I did take Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off. I can't remember. I think I told you guys I did that. I can't remember. But, and ever since then, I've been working hard. I've been back in my studio. And by the way, I had a great Christmas, just so you know. Um, I don't know how many of you guys, I think I didn't even post. I haven't been much online, but I did post on Twitter because I knew that's where my guy Eric Braden is he plays Victor Newman on Young and the Restless. Damien commissioned an artist to make a very realistic, very, very realistic portrait of Victor Newman, my favorite character from Young and the Restless. And it is gorgeous. Then to top that off, he had another one commissioned. After he saw how good this artist was, he had another oil painting commissioned of Victor Newman and his son Adam, my second favorite character, played by the great Mark Grossman. So I was freaking out, and I knew they were both on Twitter because Young and the Restless stars are required to be on Twitter. So I headed over there and posted a photo of these amazing paintings. And uh, I'm drinking um, uh, um, uh, house-made, I made it here in the house, uh, mocha, because Damien bought the kids and me hot chocolate. So I put a little hot chocolate mix in my Americano and it is so fun. I didn't even think I wanted it, but once he had that suggestion, I'm all about it. And there's like two marshmallows in here. Anyway, back to that day. So, and both Mark Grossman and Eric Braden liked the tweet. And Eric Braden even responded with prayer hands and a Christmas tree emoji. So, how do you like that? I was very, very excited. You know how those things can just make your day? It's just so happy. It just makes me so happy to somehow connect with someone that you're watching on TV five days a week. It's a crazy feeling. Um... Okay, so anyway, I hope you guys have all had a good time. This is our last meeting before 2022. I keep forgetting the year. It's so insane. Um, Yeah, this is our last one. So we've got our New Year's coming up, all of you guys. Tomorrow, I think, is New Year's Eve, isn't it? I believe so. I need to announce, although... Okay, so you guys know I was doing this contest. Focus, Robin. I did a contest. The contest was if you bought a greeting card... You got in the running to win a drawing of mine. Sorry again to anybody in Canada or Europe. I I, I just can't. Everything gets lost, especially Canadian. I don't know what's going on, but I'm very happy to not be dealing with that anymore. But I'm very sad because I feel close to a lot of Canadians, especially who listen to this show. 
So I feel really bad. So my apology, I don't think I've said that yet. I just, I just want you to know I do feel really bad that I don't have the, um, I just, I just don't have the wherewithal to deal with international shipping anymore. It just makes me too crazy. And it is so expensive. Like it's more, if I ship my book to Canada, which I've done for a few of you, um, because you begged, it costs me more money to ship it than the book, which is $50. And that's insane. Okay, hold on. We got to drink some more of this mocha, don't we? Hold on. But anyway, the winner of the contest. By the way, I went on Instagram Live, as stated, 4 p.m. last Thursday, Christmas Eve. It was humiliating because no one was there. I think there were, um, I won't say no one. I saw, I think there were like 20 people there. And they were not people who listened to the podcast. They were friends, and that was really nice to see their names. Um, was there anybody who listened to the show on there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just know some of my friends were there. But yeah, you guys, like, it was very humiliating. It made me realize, what, what are we, what are, what are you doing, Robin? Like, it made me really bummed out, to be honest with you, in a way that it shouldn't. But yeah, for some reason, it was really upsetting to me later. I'm like, what did I do? Is this pointless? I don't know. I mean, I tune into things when people have them. I don't know. Sometimes, anyway. I think I do. I don't know. It was just weird. It was just weird. I'm like, okay, I'm glad I got so excited about that. But anyway, the point was is that I pulled a name from a pillowcase, and the winner was Vivian C.O. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. I'm not sure if I am, but Vivian C.O., won the contest, so she is getting this drawing. So I'm sending that to her this month or January. And I thank every single person who entered and who got the greeting cards. Let's hope we don't do another depressing greeting card for 2022. I know that's a given, but can we please just not? Can this please just be over? By the way, last week when I was going on and on about how sad I am about the world basically being over, Believe it or not, I barely knew until this week that Omicron was such a big deal. I had no idea because I don't, I have had to, for mental health reasons, stop paying attention to the news or I go crazy. I knew about Omicron, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I knew about it from when it first dropped. But when I read those reports, it seemed to me like, it wasn't that big of a deal. And, you know, I read the whole controversy about, I can't even remember now about it being in South Africa. And I just kind of vaguely remember stuff about the beginning. And then things got too weird for me. And I was just like, okay, I got to stop. I can't look at this. I, plus there's no need for me. I'm not traveling anywhere. I'm just staying home. So to draw. So let's just ignore this. Cause I can't face this reality any longer. Uh, so anyway, last week when I was talking to you guys about this, I truly had no clue that we are, you know, that freaked out about it. I had no idea it was that massive of a shift from when Omicron was first talked about. Um, not that I'm regretting anything I said. I just want you guys to know that I, I just, again, it's like if you don't pay attention to the news, you're living in a different reality than everybody else or and I already feel like that in so many ways in my life that I'm not really living in the same world as everybody else I've felt like that since the beginning of time 
But I really have ever since I've been, um, you know, a full-time working artist because of the way I live for the most part and the way I pay attention to TV shows like they're real. (laughs) So now when you do that thing, like any sort of media blackout, you really are confused. Like you just don't know what's going on. I mean, I do. I do in order to be safe and keep people safe. And, you know, I don't, I, I, I mean, I know enough. All I know is my heart breaks for everybody again and again and again. And that's all it's doing is my heart's breaking left and right, you know, and it's not fun. And I uh, love you guys. I love all of you listeners, no matter how you're feeling about this. I know it hasn't been easy and I just want it to end. That's all. I can't, I can't do it like this any longer. I don't know how we all are. Two years. Two years. I mean, I'm not saying anything we don't all say to one another every single day, but yeah, it's just so depressing. Um, and yeah, Cafe Wendy is going great, though. Cafe Wendy next door. Oh, God. Sylvia. My thanks to Sylvia. Okay, Sylvia is my friend and listener. Um... I don't remember exactly how we knew each other first. We've never gotten to meet in real life, but hopefully we will. And Sylvia listens to the show and gives great suggestions and sends amazing things to my direction all the time. And I love her. Uh, And she sent me Cafe Sounds to listen to over at Cafe Wendy. So I am loving those, Sylvia. Thank you very much. I can't remember if I, I don't think I wrote you back because I haven't written anyone back in a long time and I feel really bad about that. I'm like a whole, I'm just back to being horrible, by the way, you guys, about everything and I've accepted it. I'll I'll be back to normal in April. (laughs) I'll get back to like being a regular adult again then. For now, life is chaotic and I'm behind. In order to excel at one thing, over there, I'm pointing to it with my left hand, my drawing, um, I ha- other things have to fall away. They just do. So, yeah, what, what, what can I tell you? I, I've just accepted it. And acceptance, as we know. Acceptance is what it's all about. Don't I have some term for acceptance? What is it? Don't, don't I always say some phrase for acceptance? Let's search. I've got a really great folder in my notes on here. Acceptance. I know that I love acceptance, number one. Yes, yeah, see, here it is. It's called, it's my AA folder. Acceptance. Oh, well, I wrote it myself. Acceptance is the key to all of my problems. <laughs> that's not a very good, that's not a good. I don't, I don't see that one getting on genius quotes anytime soon, but... It really is. I've told you guys before, reality. I worship reality. I choose to worship reality because it's the only thing that's sane making, wishing for things to be different. Maybe, I, maybe I'm talking about this for a reason with all of this um, COVID talk, you know? It is just a reality right now. And um, my own personal reality is great. I'm doing my thing. I'm trying anyway. And I need to focus on that. But I have to accept that, you know, the world is turned upside down. Um, What is this? Here's another note I wrote for myself. Engage in radical self-care. Did somebody say that to me? I don't know. Do you hear my tummy? My stomach's growling. Here's another note I wrote. I am a boundaried person. 
I am a boundaried person. That's pretty good. I do think if you say who you are, you will become that. So maybe that's why I wrote that before I became a, I am a boundaried person now. You want me to do something I don't want to do? It ain't gonna, ain't gonna happen. Okay. You understand me? That's not going to happen. Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. All right. I like that. Stop measuring days by degree of productivity and start experiencing them by degree of presence. Alan Watts. Sorry, Alan. I do measure my life in terms of productivity. <laughs> and I can't stop it. I'd like to try, though. Oh, this was one of my... Fa- oh, this is such a good line from um, Mad Men, I remember. Um, Peggy was complaining to, about something to Don and like something other people were doing and to her. And he said, if you don't like what they're saying, change the conversation. I always thought that was great. He also said another thing. Let's see if I can find that. Don Draper. Did you know I never watched the last season of uh, Mad Men? It really, can you guys believe I'm making you just listen to me type, type on here and look for things? All right. Oh, it's not on here, and it's the best quote ever. Basically, again, it's with Peggy, and she's complaining about something. Not to not to make it sound like all Peggy did was complain about things, but um, he said something. She was, like, kind of upset that she wasn't doing a good job, and he goes uh, something like, you're not good at this. It's not a criticism. It's just a fact <laughs> or something like that. It was so funny to me. Oh, anyway, this is kind of fun looking at all these old notes I used to have. Today is a room. I spend it here. All right. I kind of, that makes sense too. It's again, acceptance and reality. Mm. I'm going to hit pause on this. I'll be back with you guys in a little bit. I hope everyone's doing all right. Sorry, this is so kind of meandering. However, I will say, Speak up if you don't agree, although I don't know where I am on this yet. I'm leaning towards yes. Last week, everybody liked the collage-style episode that I heard from, although you guys are pretty polite, and maybe if you didn't like it, you weren't going to reach out and say so. But, and I know, I know, I know, I'm very big on episodes being short, but I think for whatever reason, as weird as this sounds, with as busy as I am on this drawing, this actually works out easier for me to keep it long now. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like when you have long hair, it's easier to deal with because you can just let it hang or put it up. Whereas if you have like a short styled haircut, it takes a lot to like get it right. Does this make sense to you? This is how the podcast is right now. If this is long and meandering, it's like long hair at this point where I, I come in and out, I say hi to you. I go away. I say something else to you. I go away and work and get a drink and come back. It's much easier than me sitting down for 20 minutes and trying to get this fit into something, you know? Really quick, I'm going to read you guys Wishes, Lies, and Dreams, Teaching Children How to Write Poetry by Kenneth Koch. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to pick a random one and then I'll let you guys go and I'll be back here. All right. This one is Being an Animal or a Thing. All right. You know how, okay, so Kenneth Koch taught all these students, and this person said, what it feels like to be a Mr. Koch. 
If I were a Mr. Coke, I would feel tall and lumpy. I would get the flu once or twice, and then I'd get the one I love. Lives. Of course it would be hard to give him this, all of this, in one day, because I am a sickness green shirt he has on. Oh, and you know why he would be lumpy? Because he'd get smallpox. The sick end! Exclamation point. <laughs> That's by Tracy Roberts. I love it. Let's do another one. This is a, a design. What does it feel like to be a design? I would feel all pretty and outstanding. It would be fun to be a design because you would be all different colors. You would also shine because it would look all matched colors. I love it. Um, I love I love this one. I feel like I read this one before. I would feel. If I were a flag, I would... Oh, did I say that was by Ilona Beberka? Okay, and I would feel is by Jose Lopez. If I were a flag, I would feel like flag day. If I were a picture, I would feel like lots of things. If I were a tie, I would feel handy. If I were a cow, I would feel moose. If I were a hill, I would feel rough. But I know I'm a boy, a plain old boy, and I like it. Now, goodbye. <laughs> I wish more poems ended with goodbye. Wow, Jose Lopez, I love that poem. This is so good. Oh, here's one more. Daniel Lacey, window. If I was a window, children would throw rocks at me, and the sun would shine at me, and people open and close me. Oh, God. I got to read this one. Thomas Kennedy, Mr. TV. Ho, Mr. TV, with a flick of my finger, I see a movie or a colorful cartoon. I make you look funny. Ho, Mr. TV, how does it feel to have an oil well in you? Ho, Mr. TV, what's your favorite show? Ho, Mr. TV, do you like mystery stories? Or do you like looking at Chinese junks? Do you owl at detective stories or at midnight? Do you show crisscross cars and go beep beep? Ho, Mr. TV, tell me in the big little voice of yours. I mean, between this book and what Graham Burnham wrote for us to all get to enjoy last week, you can't beat it. You just can't beat it. I'm sorry. Good try. A few people may beat it but or may tie it, but you're not going to come close to this. All right, I'll be back. All right, you guys, I am now about to get back to Recommendation Corner. All right, Recommendation Corner, otherwise known as Robin Loves America, Commercialism Extreme. I love buying shit, buying money, corporations. <laughs> okay, for those of you new to the podcast, that's a joke. These are simply things I like. But one person uh, did comment that they thought this was like corporate America overload, which I just don't understand that. But anyway, so I always, I can't, I can't, clearly can't get over it. I'm just recommending stuff like, you know, podcasts, movies, whatever. All right, so here we go with Recommendation Corner. Now, I feel like I'm last on this train. Did I mention the Chili Onion Crunch? I think I already did. I got mine from Trader Joe's. Again, this came from a recommendation from Erica Fronick, my best friend in Los Angeles. I've got two best friends. One recommended Chili Onion Crunch. The other recommended a podcast. So get ready for this. 
So the chili onion crunch, I am all about it. It is going on everything. Again, I asked you guys, why is it so crispy? Why is it so crunchy? What is it? So again, it's like a chili oil. It is a chili oil, but it has these crunchy things that almost feel like everything bagel stuff on the inside are, are mixed in with the oil. And I mean, again, my breakfast of whole grain toast with smashed avocado, um, I do black lava salt, um, some slices of hard boiled eggs and chili onion crunch on top. That's my, for the most part, everyday morning food now. And it fills me up for like most of the day. And it just is so delicious. It's crazy. Then again, you may or may not know, I have a tolerance for heat like you wouldn't believe. Chili oil, chili onion crunch is not spicy at all to me. It's just so savory. Um, but anyway, I do love, I'm sure for a lot of people it is spicy, but to me it tastes, but I mean, nothing is spicy enough because I think my sinuses have deadened any part of my body that experiences heat in food. I can seriously down anything at a, 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 the highest level spice and it just doesn't affect me. But anyway, chili onion crunch, I'm going to recommend it one more time. Another thing I got from Damien for Christmas he like knocked Christmas out of the park, by the way. I've never had better presents than I did this year for Christmas, all from Damien. And I mean, I did get other presents, but I'm just saying Damien was nuts with his presents. So this is a Mr. Coffee coffee warmer. It's a little circular disc that heats up. And as you're drinking your coffee or tea, or hot drink, you put it on it while you're doing your thing. Now, I am always, I'll be honest, I run in and microwave my coffee for every given coffee mug full of coffee. I do that at least four times, and I'm not exaggerating. I like it really, really hot. If it's lukewarm, it's going in the, tr I'm, I'm pissed when my coffee's lukewarm, to be honest with you. I just hate it. I have a real sensitivity to food and drinks. If they're supposed to be hot, they better be steaming hot or I am an angry person. So this coffee warmer from Mr. Coffee is so much fun. It keeps everything hot all the time and I am loving it, especially with my situation. Right now on my big drawing, I'm on the floor like really low to the ground, like really, really uncomfortably low to the ground trying to draw properly. So I can't get up and down every second. It's just gonna be too difficult on me to get up and down that much. So with this coffee warmer, I keep it nearby, but far away from the drawing. No liquids go anywhere near my drawings, by the way. But it's far enough away that if it's spilled, it's never gonna hit the drawing. And I am so happy. Now, you may ask, what has Robin been watching or listening to while she's been working endless hours on this big drawing? Great question. Many, many things. But one of which is a podcast that my other best friend, Eric, from Chicago recommended. It's called Once Upon a Time at Bennington College. And it is by the writer Lily Analik. And it is one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. I would say in my top two are S-Town and Once Upon a Time at Bennington College. Those are at the top of my list. And uh, this podcast, if you haven't heard about it, is about the early 80s at Bennington College. In, that is in Vermont, isn't it? 
And this is when, for some weird reason, three major American writers all were in the same graduating class. Not all of them graduated together. They were all there at the same time, basically. Jonathan Latham, is that how you say his name? Latham. The one I knew the least about, although I will say it's interesting because Eric went to uh, grad school in, for writing at Columbia when he was there, if he, he, may, he may still be there. Um, Brett Easton Ellis of Less Than Zero and American Psycho fame, and Donna Tart of Secret History and the Goldfinch fame. So these three, and also, by the way, David Lipsky was there. They didn't really make that as much of a big deal, but I'm like, he's kind of, you know, I mean, I, maybe he's not as big as those guys, but he's a pretty big deal. Anyway, they were all there at the same time, and this was this wild college where I don't think grades really counted for much. In order to fail, you just basically had to not show up, but there was just something in the air, and it is, and if you've read A Secret History by Donna Tartt, you get an idea for the kind of collegiate atmosphere that Bennington College had at the time, and it was all very old world, and it just feels like it's always fall there, you know? It's just... It's the dream for those of us who, fan, like, you know, a lot of kids grow up fantasizing about a wedding or, I don't know, making a lot of money. There's another type of person, and I'm one of them, who fantasizes about being on college campuses and just how exciting and amazing that is. So uh, those are horrible descriptives of what I thought about it. But, you know, I just love college atmosphere. And nobody has you know, um, envisioned a greater college atmosphere than Donna Tartt did with A Secret History. It's so, I mean, it's more fantastical than like a sci-fi novel to me. It's such fantasy. And so, like, that's my kind of fantasy. Smart people, books, big trees, campus lawns, old buildings, people who are mysterious. And then there's also like, you know, murder. So all of that is right up my alley. But Once Upon a Time at Bennington College is 14 episodes. It's so in-depth. A lot of interesting things about all of those major players and side characters. I, I just, there's no way I'm going to describe this very well, but do a little look into it and see if it's up your alley. If you like any of those writers, or really if you like writers in general. I mean, I will listen to any writer talk, to be honest with you. That's been my thing over the last couple of weeks is writer interviews on YouTube or on podcasts. I just want to hear, if you're a writer out there, again, I admire you so much. I'm so envious. I wish that's what I was destined to do. But it seems as though I'm a, I'm a person who makes art. I have also noticed that writers all say this. Really, all three of them said it, I think. Did even Brett Easton Ellis? Writers always want to be artists first. And actually musicians do too. There's something going on here with that where everybody originally sets out to be a writer. I mean, an artist. And then they go on to other things. This is back to my strange... um, I don't know. The way that I've noticed that everything's called art. Like, why is it all art? Why is music, musicians are artists, writers are artists, directors are artists, (laughs) but visual artists are actual artists. I don't get it. Why are we not, I just don't understand why art, like visual art, why is that the the, uh, big umbrella and everything's under that, or the word art? I'm sure there's, you know, I'm sure there's all these reasons on the root of that word, but 
you know, we've gone a long way since then. And I'm just wondering what that is. I just, I don't know. I just think, I think a lot about how visual artists get lumped into a kind of weird category uh, all the time. We're definitely the least cool of all of those things, in my opinion. I don't know if, if you agree. I think we're the least celebrated, for sure. And that was interesting, too, in the podcast um, where Brett Easton Ellis and Jonathan Latham and then uh, who else was involved in that? I can't remember. But they were talking about in the 80s, Brett Easton Ellis and some other guy, uh, they're invited to the MTV Music Awards. And they're like in a you know, in one of the front row areas, you know, like really they, and the types of people that would come to these certain writers book release parties and stuff like Warhol was at Brett Easton Ellis's graduation party. And writers are just thought of as cool as like Madonna and stuff. And we're just so not in that world anymore. Uh, anyway, uh, once upon a time at Bennington College, I, I'm I'm talking a lot and not making any real points, but it was so exciting. And then I went into a deep dive, just doing endless uh, amounts of interview. I just wanted to hear, especially Donna Tart and Brett Easton Ellis talk. Now I've never read Less Than Zero or American Psycho. I'm well aware of all the problems people have with Brett Easton Ellis, but I was always a Brett Easton Ellis. <laughs> Uh, investigator. I loved hearing that guy talk. He's so outrageous sometimes and so ridiculous, but also so like funny without meaning to be funny. I mean, in a way I would listen to his podcast to kind of make fun of certain things. He's like, you know, he and I could not be more opposite. He's like super cool in the know, friends with everybody. He loves drugs, uh, whatever it is. Um, I mean, and I say all of that not to diminish his greatness because he's really a tremendous mind on top of all of that. And now, of course, politically, everybody hates him. And then there was that. But I've always been fascinated with him. Uh, so it, it just was very interesting to hear his origin stories, which I did not know. And um, yeah, that's been a really good podcast to listen to. Another recommendation in Recommendation Corner, Rummy Cube. Damien a while back got us all these board games and Rummy Cube I had never played. It's the most maddening and fun and challenging game. I'm sure you guys know about it, but anyway, that was new to me. I really recommend that. I got the I got an um an online version too to try to practice, but I hated it. It's just not my style. I want to do it in real life. So Last on recommendation corner, and then I gotta go check my pizza in the oven. Hopping John, hopping John. All right, New Year's Eve, what are you supposed to do? 12 grapes and black eyed peas. Hop and John, which I learned from, I can't remember which one, but a Carson McCullers book. It was just referenced in a Carson McCullers book. I look it up, I get obsessed. I love making it. Uh, and it's so good and so great for this winter weather if you're having it. So I highly recommend looking up recipes for Hop and John and making it. Oh, I should have put, damn it. I should have asked for bacon or ham or whatever. It's always better with that, but we'll do, a, a, when I first learned it, I was a vegetarian, so we're, we're doing it vegetarian style. But wouldn't that be fun to really add some bacon fat into it? Okay, let me check my, yeah, we're about to have to go get that pizza out of the oven. All right, enjoy it. Talk to you in a bit. I just found out that I was, 
I was calling uh, Omicron, Omicron, Omnicron, I think. You guys can go back and tell me what you think. That's how out of it I am, you know, news-wise. Staying out of it. So much so that I don't even know what this new variant is called. So if that tells you anything. I just did a little research after I was talking to you a minute ago about it and found out, yeah, dummy, it's not even called what you think it's called. I uh, stopped eating in the bathtub, and I'm actually a little embarrassed that I told you guys about that. I've decided. I've decided that was, uh, I don't know. There was something going on. I think I told you guys I was watching a lot of interventions um, while I've been drawing, and there's a lot of scenes of people like basically living in bathrooms on that show, and it just all of a sudden felt not right. To see the amount of crack addiction that happens in bathroom. Something about the bathroom and then me just being overly gluttonous. I just can't do it anymore. I support those of you guys who told me you do do that too. Which wasn't that many of us, but, you know, some of you did. Anyway, I just thought I would update you that. I think that has something to do with intervention, though. Very, it's it's such a depressing show. I mean, just if you've never seen it, I think it's a, I think it is a very important show. And I don't know. I mean, if you guys have ever been involved in an intervention before, I have. It's um, very realistic about the whole, I mean, talk about anxiety. If you ever want to, if you've never experienced anxiety, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how to get to that. Basically, just love alcoholics and you, you're going to have that covered in spades. Is that how you use the term in spades? I've got that in spades. I always hear people say that, but I don't know what it is. Kind of like I don't know what Omicron is. How embarrassing. I mean, the amount of times I get things wrong. But I guess it's okay on here. I mean, I'm human, and I'm not trying to impress you guys. I'm just trying to hang out. $50 billion to the person who knows where that little clip came from. Uh, you guys, I need to go find a book and read something to you. It, it is, uh, we're not going to go as long as we did last week, just because I have some real serious, hardcore relaxing to do tonight. Uh, did I tell you guys that I told you it was snowing, but I don't know that I told you that Damien encouraged me, and I don't know if I should have done this or not, to have a snow day. So I've done very little work today. Um, if any at all. And it does feel good to have a snow day. We took a walk to the post office. Then we walked to get coffee and donuts. And we walked home. I mean, this is like, you know, eight inches of snow or more. I don't even know. But I was, I was very deep in the snow. And poor Damien doesn't have any shoes with traction because he has a size 15 foot. Yeah, let that sink in. That is some big ass feet. So he has so much trouble finding any shoes that will fit him that he hasn't been able to find many with, with traction on them. And so he's like slipping around like crazy. I'm having to hold him up. And, but it was still so much fun. And then we came home and then I played a little Animal Crossing and what else? And that was so fun. By the way, for any of you Animal Crossing people, how about this update? Have I even talked to you guys about this? 
I don't want to go on and on because this is not a, a Nintendo podcast, uh, but I'd like it to be just to talk about how much I love all the new updates, the cafe and the museum, the interior decorating island and all of that. Anyway, and I took a nap and I ate frozen pizza just now and everything's just been amazing. Also, last night I finally finished The Silence of the Lambs by Thomas Harris. I don't know why I'm all of a sudden into reading these like bestsellers, but from the 80s. Did that come out in the 80s or late 70s? I think early, like 80 or something. I'll have to check. But I go I go through phases where I just need to read, especially horror or suspense or whatever. Uh, and it's been really nice. I'm always reading usually one poetry book, one self-help book, and one novel or something like that. It's sort of, or essays also. I don't know. There's always about three that I'm going through at once. But, geez, Thomas Harris is quite a writer, I have to say. And the other thing I loved about it was these bestsellers I'm reading on my Kindle because A, my eyes are so bad right now that it just makes it easier than trying to find. I don't want to sit in like a bright living room and read that's so unappealing and unromantic. And so at least with a Kindle, you can actually read at night without having to have the perfect sconce behind you or whatever it is that fancy people do to read at night. Um, and so I learned a lot is what I was saying. I learned a lot of vocab words. I'll have to, and you can just so easily make notes, you know, like you just highlight that word. If you didn't know it, you touch the word. Then all of a sudden, you know, the word, what it means if you didn't know it. And then I do a little note in each word that I didn't know that I want to remember. And I say vocab, then I give myself little quizzes at the end of the day or the end of the week, whenever. It's been really nice. And I love, I wish, does anybody know if there is a YouTube channel dedicated to learning vocabulary or, uh, I don't know, improving your speech patterns or anything like that? I find I'm so out of uh, practice when it comes to speaking properly that I have trouble accessing what I'm trying to say and accessing the words that I need to use. And it's driving me crazy. So if anybody knows of any online something that I can listen to while I draw that just, you know, strengthens my vocabulary or my articulation of thought, I would really, really love that. Oh, you know how I was telling you guys about I was loving my new daily, what was it? Kind of a detox that I made up for my own self and my own body and my own desires and eating the same thing, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the most part. And it was all very simple. And well, I told you about the breakfast this time around, but then the lunches were even more simple and plain. And, um, you know, because of Christmas Eve, Christmas, all the holidays, all of that, and just fun things, you know, like donuts being around, I really got severely off of it. And I thought, this is fine, you know? It's not a big deal, this is fun, you know? And then, did I just say you know 10,000 times? See, this is why I need the YouTube channel. Well, anyway, I lived to regret having fun because I have been a wreck ever since. And it's taken me a while to get back on track and, it, I, my stomach is just awful, and I always feel so aggravated. I know a lot of you guys also have all sorts of issues with your health, and so I know you, I'm, speak, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. It's just so sad that you have to 
I don't know if you guys have ever been there where you know you're stepping out of your comfort zone eating wise and that it's gonna you're gonna pay and you do it anyway and then you just realize like what is worse not allowing yourself fun foods or or just like dealing with the aftermath and I honestly don't know (laughs) I think it might be just not doing those foods. I think I've decided that, but that's so boring. You guys know how I feel about boring. I was raised in a family that said the biggest sin is to be boring. They also said you can't trust somebody who doesn't drink alcohol though. And (laughs) there's, there's a little bit of flaw in that logic. All right, let's get to the reading. I found this book. I recently uh, informed you all that I finally got to go to the Henry Miller Library in Big Sur, California. Highly recommend it just to see the place. And I picked up so many books. In fact, I was just paying my credit card bill and I don't put a lot on my credit card. By the way, I only have one credit card. I just want everybody to know that. I've had the same one since I was 18. My dad taught me well. He said, "Get, uh, we're getting you this credit card. You're only going to have this credit card, maybe even for the rest of your life. And you're going to have excellent credit because you're always going to pay it off. That's the deal. There's no other deal. <laughs> and I've always paid it off since I was 18. And uh, that's my credit card. Anyway, I don't use it that often. And I just for some reason I was I used it at Henry Miller Library and now I kind of see why it's always like a big purchase and I'm going holy moly I bought a lot of books that day and I have zero regrets one of which was brand a lot of which were brand new to me this one is called Medium by Jameson O'Hara Lawrence and it's actually uh, published by Ping Pong Free Press and also the Henry Miller Library. And I didn't find a whole lot about Jameson O'Hara Lawrence. I found only a little bit of a bio, a mini bio on the Henry Miller website. And there's a little description about what the, this is a very mysterious looking book. I love the look of it and it looks old. It looks like it was published in the 50s. It was just a tiny little book and had a lot to do with Medea. And, uh, but, well, I, I really, I don't know how to describe it, but I've very much enjoyed everything I've read from it. I haven't finished every poem yet, even though it's small. I'm taking my time with it. Very hard to decide what to read from in this book, but I decided to, which one? Oh man, I didn't mark which one I wanted to do. Give me just, I'm so sorry. This is the worst podcast of all time. And go ahead and agree with me. It's totally okay. Oh, man. I love it when this happens, when it's actually aggravating to know that I shouldn't read the whole book to you. But, all right, I've decided, and this came out in 2016, by the way. I'll put a link in the description for you to find it. And here we go. This is called Spell for a Drowning Man. Outlive, overgrow, argonaut, organize this. I thrust your uppercut. Why then the rivulets? of that prideful grin. We great grind, reaching to struggle and evolve, to rest and wrestle the unrest grasses from root and rock. I pull, tear, and bite elastic. I seek an unmasked gaze and tumble your frame. This is my territory. These roots and pebbles hum and humble. I have seen underwater how your skin turns to glass. Our bodies used to be a voodoo of reeds and branches. 
I want to take in my hands your sweet and violent chin, to wind your arms around my back, yes, to prove we can grow accustomed even to apnea. Who am I now, anyway, you ask? Mask of gauze, mask of plumes, mask of weeds, mask of worms, mask of worry, mask of us. Find with me now one bright strip of color to affix our gaze on the shore. That's pretty beautiful. I love this last line of a different one. Dear everyone, please, please let me disappoint you. Um, also, I was going to read to you guys the inscription in the beginning. Where did it go? Oh no, the dedication. For the witches who must and for Theodore, for whom my heart is the sleepless guard. It's very beautiful. You guys know I love dedication pages. I'll try to read this too. This is the inscription in the beginning. But thou hast sailed from thy father's house with a maddened heart, having passed through the double rocks of the ocean, and thou dwellest in a foreign land. The waters of the hallowed streams flow uphill to their sources, and justice and everything is reversed. Euripides from Medea. Medea, excuse me. There you go. Isn't that good? Dear everyone, please let me disappoint you. Dang, that's really good. I should end the podcast with that, shouldn't I? Let me take a note. I took a note, but I also need to admit it actually says, Dear everyone, please let me, let me disappoint you. So kind of like I have with the Samuel Beckett quote, I can't go on, I'll go on. I change it to I will go on. I'm going to change this one <laughs> to, I'm just editing great people's work. Dear everyone, please let me disappoint you. Oh my God, that's so good. You guys, I have nothing. I have nothing to update you about. I don't want to do business corner. I don't want to tell you to go buy some shit. I don't want to tell you guys to do anything because really I'm just here to hang out with you guys today. There's nothing you need to do for me. Nothing at all. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically it. I'm just here as we enter 2022. I've been here for you all year. I hope you guys have felt it. Uh, you guys have kept me going throughout a lot of this, and that I really, really, truly, deeply mean. This has been a shitty year. I think it's worse than 2020 in a lot of ways, and yet there's so much greatness in it, and I have found, you know, I have continued to live by those things that keep me going and keep me from falling into the inevitable insanity that I am sort of destined to fall into. And a lot of that has to do with escapism and fantasy. It really does. Just pretending like things are nothing like they are. And somehow it works for me right now. As much as I just told you I worship reality, I have to say I can't do this, whatever this is, without pretending and faking myself out and that's what I was doing by ignoring the media and not knowing the name of the new variant and all of that so I hope you guys can forgive me for not being as in touch I don't have anything to apologize for that's how I do it and as always I will end the last podcast of this year with one of my favorite writers Patricia Highsmith this is something she wrote at age 26 at 2.30 a.m. on New Year's Eve in 1947. This is in her journal. My New Year's Eve toast to all the devils, lusts, passions, greeds, envies, loves, 
hates, strange desires, enemies ghostly and real, the army of memories with which I do battle. May they never give me peace. Good night, you guys.